This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the 500 podcast. Eric, how excited are you? To root to uh, root for a team that is playing 500 ball in June. Okay, for I thought for a second you we were on our episode 500, and I'm like, there's no, no way there's we've no done way, that many. No. I mean, we we try, but we we haven't done 500. Maybe 100. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's probably accurate. Yeah, so the uh, Dodgers we were recording on a Tuesday night. They're on the East Coast, or, or not East Coast, but Eastern Time Zone, uh, playing the Pirates. They beat the Pirates. So the Dodgers, who were ten games under five hundred um, at their lowest, are now thirty and thirty. So, first time five hundred since uh, April twenty fourth, which is forever ago. So it's one of those things when they're slumping, you and someone's like, "Well, what do they have to do to win the division? What do they have to do to this?" It's like, "Well, let's just get to five hundred first and then figure it out." So now they're they're there. They're going to be no worse than two and a half games behind first place because if it's a it's a crappy division so far. Um, so they're right in the thick of things. So they just have to keep doing what they're doing, and it's it's good. The other big news that came out this week for I, I was going to say the Dodgers, but for all of baseball is it's the draft this week. Baseball's draft certainly the feels more unique than any of the other drafts. Yeah, maybe largely for worse. I'm not sure. It's certainly the least hyped of the the, the drafts of the the big four sports. 
yeah, you have two like a couple of problems or I don't know problems. It just makes it different. One is just relatively no, absolutely nobody knows the players. Yeah, like they're, they're, <laughs> what? There's no like famous like um, call it like there's some. I mean, people some people know, but like nobody knows college baseball players. Nobody is like like um, hyped about like a high school kid unless he's some like Bryce Harper made the SI cover or something. He like it's once in a blue moon you see these guys. People who know who like the number one pick's going to be, like Strasburg was that way. Harper, you know, these it's once in a it's a while, but also you have the fact that the draft is like during the season. Yeah, like there's there's <laughs> there's games going on while teams are picking. So it's like two completely different things. Like the others, the big drafts are all like in the off season, and it's everything is focused on that. So like you just the the dynamics of it is so weird. And then also like every other sport, like or the the main. Sports, um, you draft a guy, and I guess NHL is probably the closest to baseball. But like, you draft a guy, he's impacting your team like this season, you know, mm. next season or whatever. Baseball is like, well, we just drafted this guy. Hope he develops in three years. <laughs> you know, like, still like, yeah, I don't, it, I don't know. There's, it's weird, but um, I, I still, it's, I kind of like it as an event. It's weird, especially, um, it's three days long. They try to make a TV deal out of it for the first round, and it's always awkward. Uh, it's just weird. But like, also, um, I I sort of like it on the third day because it's just it's just nonstop. Like it's, it's basically like a conference call for like eight hours because there's thirty rounds and nine hundred players drafted on the final day. Um, they go through ten rounds the first two days at a sort of a normalish pace, and uh, and then the last day is oh let's just do these last thirty rounds and get them in. So it's just it's just you listen in on this damn conference call, and then you're you look up a player who, who nobody's ever heard of before, and you try to figure out what, more about him. But it's just, I, I kind of like it in that in a weird way. So you mentioned that nobody knows these college players and high school players, but that's not true. Oh yeah, Mario and David Hood, who will be joining us next week, is that right? Yeah, he's he's watched uh, a ton of video um, and seen some uh, games, and then. Like he's done so much work into like looking at who these guys are and helps us understand who these guys are and before we know them, um, he's going to be our guest next week on the podcast. Yes, and then we got a, quite a few like um, draft related questions today when asking for questions. We're going to sort of push those off to next week, partially because like it just would serve the question better if we weren't answering them, mm-hmm. but all, and but also like gives us a little more time to. Like if someone's asking, like, uh, who, who, how do you think they did in this draft? Like, it's not gonna, the answer's not going to change between now and next week. But like, it'll just give Except you our knowledge uh, of the players might change. Yes, if we yeah, yeah. It up. <laughs> better, better, better knowledge base at least to work with next week. Plus, David will be. You know what? Um, you know what I'm remembering. What? The first time we had David on for a draft, I believe the who we talked about the most was one Walker Bueller. Yes, exactly. So you, but, you please, uh, you should need to tune in next week. You're going to get the info way before anyone else that you talk to. Well, just to show you too, like he, he so he, he put in a lot of work. One, the this top 200 draft prospects is a ridiculous ordeal. Like to go through the, that level of work to, to show you that that many players, like because you know there's a lot of players he didn't rank. Like he's gone through a ton of video, watched a lot. He's just really into it. Um, but then also he did like a mock draft of the first 10 rounds. That's where the bonus slot pools are and things like that. And he picked who the Dodger it just, you know, it's sort of his exercise to show you sort of where they're at. Not necessarily he's trying to nail every pick, but last year he, he, um, he, he picked two guys who ended up getting drafted by the Dodgers. 
and then this year he got one as well in the first 10 rounds so like that's really hard to do like like i said he's not trying to necessarily emulate or necessarily nail the picks but more emulate their strategy and i think he kind of has a really good feel for it um so yeah um the guy that he got uh, picked was uh the one they picked in the fourth round it was a high school pitcher um uh man i don't have his name in front of me it's brayden something but i'll get it in a second but you're just yeah. guessing on that first name that's what the kids yeah. are named these days so i i just remember it was brayden because it's brayden b-r-a-y-d-o-n and like i i'm not i don't i can't say brayden what I fisher think. fisher yeah exactly a high school kid from texas sounds like he's going to go to dodgers so uh, that he's going to sign with him but anyway yeah so david's has his finger on the pulse of that stuff so he's the better person to answer that and so we'll definitely uh, take uh, more questions throughout the week, but we'll, next week he's going to deal with all that. Dan, like I said, uh, y'all need to listen to that, and y'all need to send us questions for David. We have some already, but please send us more about the draft, about the Dodgers, minor league system, anything you can think of. Can't promise we'll get to them all, but we'll pick out well, probably most of them, and, and certainly the I, best ones. So I guarantee we'll answer every single one. Mm, that's get that guarantee brought to you by what Lacroix? Are we drinking? Yeah, no, this one is uh, Cherry Coke Zero. Ah, that's what I'm drinking. There you go. What you hear that, folks in Atlanta? Anyways, so this doesn't always work. Sometimes we have to um, we have like a mini outline of stuff we really need to t- talk about, and then we do questions. Uh, this week, the questions kind of covered everything we really wanted to cover quite nicely. So we're just gonna jump right into the mailbag. If that's okay with you. Absolutely. Let's it do should it. be. It was your idea. So, <laughs> so the first uh, question is from Richard. Uh, he says, "Assuming all starters are healthy around the All Star well, break, never. First of all, oh, go ahead. Finish the question. But go ahead. Who are, who are the starting five? Would be hard to take Stripling out when he's pitching so well right now. Yeah. yeah. So a couple things there. <laughs> a n- never assume the starters are healthy. They're never healthy. Like as a collective unit. Like even if everything worked out well." Something's gonna happen to like one of the guys. Like, even if they were all healthy, they'd be like, you know what, Wood, you you could use a break, have right. a have a have some elbow issues or something. So, Take a uh, but, okay, but this sort of leads us into this. Uh, one um, is that Ross Stripling has been great. He he pitched tonight, five scoreless innings, um, seven strikeouts, uh, so and no walks. So he's walked none in four of his last five starts. Um, heading, excuse me, heading into May in his career, his best game was six strikeouts. He's, he's done a lot of, a lot of relieving, but also he had about 19 starts before last May or before this May. Uh, so he's done variety roles. He's started enough, but his best game was six strikeouts. His last five starts, he's had seven or more every time. So like his best career strikeout games has all been in his last five starts. He's on a roll. Um, his ERA is 152. Um, he has 53 in a third innings. The Dodgers have played 60 games, so he's not quite qualified for the leaderboards. That would be third in the majors right now behind, um, uh, I believe, Scher, uh, Scherzer and – no, Verlander and DeGrom. Um, so you're talking about a guy who's, like, clearly, like, basically an all-star uh, this year. Like, look, he's got to do it for another month and then sort of earn his way on. But I think he's at that point where he's pitched well enough to be like, oh, my God, he's actually been their best pitcher. And it's not hyperbole. What, what do you um, attribute that to? Is this just a good streak? Has he actually changed something mechanically? I I think part of it, he's fine-tuned his curveball quite a bit. 
um, and it's that's always been his bread and butter. But also, um, he, Pedro Mora had a good um, article on this in the Athletic, and then I think Andy McCullough wrote something about it in the Times too. But uh, essentially, he's he's like the most receptive of the probably the Dodgers pitchers. Rich Hill maybe as well, but Stripling maybe more so in that um, sort of embracing like the data. And like the Dodgers basically have these really in-depth scouting reports. I'm not saying they're unique and all teams do this, but like he's really like uh, in terms of attacking hitters, he said, I think one of his quotes was something like, um, I want to find out where they hit, like what makes them not hit, the, where do they not hit the ball hard when I throw it there? That's what I'm going to do. So like he, he just like exploits weaknesses and pitches to his strengths better than he ever has. And that's sort of been leading to his success. And like you look, people make adjustments all the time, but I think just the the quality of execution of his pitches has been fantastic. And if he can keep that up, he'll sort of withstand the inevitable sort of regression. But he, he's just been great, um, just in general. So if you had, so let's let's how about this? We won't assume they're all healthy, but in a utopia where they are, who are your five best starters right now? Well, okay, so you look look at this. Let's let's entertain for how about, a second. How about this? Then. The Dodgers make no trades. Yes. They go into the playoffs. They're going to have a four-man rotation. Who would you expect those four to be? Who would you be uh, wanting? Who are you rooting for? Who gives the Dodgers the best chance to succeed? So, okay, if you're asking me, like, right now, it, it would be, like, and then that they're healthy still, it would be Kershaw, um, Stripling, uh, Ryu, and Wood. Okay, and then I'd probably have my eight in the bullpen at that point. But just back to his question for a second, just to sort of get to where he's at. Um, when we recorded last week, Maeda had left his start early. He went on the DL the next day with um, uh, left hip strain. Right. So he's but actually it, go ahead. He, he could be back like within a week. They they have like a weird thing like next week where they play one of those two and two series where two games against the Rangers and then two games later in the year. So they have Monday and Thursday off. So like they, they could get Maeda back. It's probably like next weekend or something like that. Uh, or depending on where they do want to slot him in. If, if they want to do that, they can, but he's relatively close. Rich Hill's getting closer with his blister. Uh, but anyway, he's on the DL and then Kershaw last week, I was about to we, say, were, we were that, that injury happened. We recorded, but we were okay. Cause Kershaw was coming back. Right, and it was like, look how good the starters have been without Kershaw. Now Kershaw's back, and he he was like tossing up like eighty seven mile an hour fastballs, and he didn't hit nine. I think he hit ninety once, or he topped out at eighty nine nine or something. So you knew something was off. Uh, he pitched actually well, like five innings, um, and you know did pretty well. Um, but he he sort of tweaked something in his lower back and. He went on the DL, and he's going to be out about a month. He's it's his uh, back injury for the third straight year, so this is what we're dealing with. And I would imagine, I'd say probably after the All Star break is safer um, in terms of a projection, but like that's sort of where we're at with him. So you're looking at all these like it just leaves this tremendous like sort of burden. And like if Stripling hadn't like stepped up and joined the rotation, they'd they'd be in a world of hurt. But also like. Um, we'll get into it like it's really forced them to sort of dip into their depth even more um and i, I think that's probably the next question you want yeah i can just ask that now yeah yeah uh norcal overland asks 
what is the pitching profile for Ferguson? Pitch mix, etc. Is he anything to get excited about? I know almost nothing about him. Yeah, and that, so that would be Caleb Ferguson. And like, um, I don't have a, a ton of info like on on this, except to say that speaking of David Hood, uh, he wrote up a um, sort of profile of him, and that's going to be on the site on Wednesday morning. Um, so I will link to that in the show notes here. But that said, he's been tremendous. His his like a sub two ERA in ten starts with Double A uh, Tulsa and two starts with Triple um, A Oklahoma City. He was promoted a couple weeks ago to Triple A, and he got um, he struck out ten in five innings in scoreless innings in his open in his debut. Then his last start, like they kind of jerked him around a little bit. Like he said, he knew something was up, uh, or maybe something was up because uh, they moved his start like three times. Like he was going to start. Uh, Friday, and then it was Saturday. Then they go, oh, no, let's make it Friday. Then he only pitched three innings. So uh, he figured something might have been up, and it was. Um, so he's he's starting Wednesday in Pittsburgh. And so it's, it's sort of, we talked about the draft. He, uh, the rounds 11 through 40. He was picked out of high school in the 38th round in 2014. So basically on the day of when the Dodgers picked their 38th rounder this year, he's going to start. Um, and then also, even more so for him, um, he, he was like a, had a decision because um, he, he might have wanted to go to college, but um, and he also had Tommy John surgery as a senior in high school, so um, he you know he had a lot to sort of overcome. And the Dodgers convinced him to sign, and he did, and he rehabbed with them, and then he's he's just sort of steadily climbed up. And four years after he's drafted, he's here. So he's going to make his major league debut. And then speaking of Tommy John surgery, uh, the one thing about the draft, I will say their second round pick, the Dodgers, Michael Grove out of West Virginia. He had Tommy John surgery last year. It was either the end of May or June, um, but he missed all of this season and they drafted him in the second round still because his stuff was pretty amazing before um, the, uh, the surgery. So it's, it's Tommy John surgery, not really, it's, it's definitely a set. It's a huge setback and it's not to be taken lightly, but it's not like, um, you know, teams don't shy away from it anymore. Like it's just a thing now, like that, that's sort of you deal with, like you said, it could be catastrophic and it's not, it's not like it's a thing where you want someone to have Tommy John surgery because it doesn't make everyone better, but it's just like something you deal with and you, it's more, it's more of a, th- a thing that they just sort of work around now. And it's not as doesn't have the stigma attached to it as it did years ago, so that's sort of where they're at. But then what, what's funny is that Caleb, Caleb Ferguson starting Wednesday, and the Dodgers have already had like a major league debut in the interim. Dennis Santana, another prospect, he came up, pitched Friday in Coors, although they did a weird the opener thing, where Scott Alexander started and he pitched four outs, and then uh, Santana came in in relief. He actually didn't pitch too well, but it was in Coors, so it was a weird game. He's actually starting Thursday in Pittsburgh. So you have back-to-back first major league starts. And then when they got back home on Friday, you have Walker Bueller, who made his first major league start this year. So And then Ross Stripling, who has like 25 starts under his belt in the majors. So that's the Dodgers rotation right now, plus Alex Wood. Um, so that's sort of where they're at rotation-wise. Um, so, yeah, that's that's sort of where we're at. So you mentioned at the tail end of the question there. And in your playoff starting four, you said it was – Kershaw, Ryu, this wasn't in order, but uh, Kershaw, oh. Wood, Ryu, and Stripling. That's what you said, right? And that, and that, and it, and that was a, <laughs> now that I mentioned, total, total uh, boner on my part. Because uh, there's like, another guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take take Ryu out, I think, and, and put Bueller in. Okay. Um, 
Like it's always gonna, it's just gonna well, be good. I think that the, yeah. I was actually wondering if it's intentional because Nathan wants to know. Yeah, uh, is Walker Bueller's innings limit non-negotiable? Even with the opening day staff in shambles, would obviously be a blow to the team to lose his starts come playoff time. Uh, I mean, yes, it's, they're not gonna mess with that. Like, like you know, it's just like um, they'll figure out a way. Like they want, they literally they want him to pitch in October for them. So this is not something like, well, he's just gonna pitch till August and then. Oh man, he hit his innings limit. Let's shut him down. He's done, right? I don't think that's going to happen. They'll figure out something. It's not going to be ideal. It never is. But like, I, it's I would imagine the All Star break. Like that's really depends on the other. Really depends on what the alternatives are and wh- if they have some of that other or those other guys back when they can afford to do it. But if it came down to it, let's say none of these guys came back, they would still shut him down when they had to because it's just the long term plan for him. It's just what they have to do. So, you know, I, they don't, they're never going to say a number. I would guess it's around 150 innings. Uh, although I don't think they necessarily think about it in terms of an inning total. Um, but the last year he pitched 98 innings. This year he's up to 59. He's averaging six innings to start his last six times out. So it's just from a, let's say he's good enough and continues to average six innings. He, he might average less, you know, they might force him to average less. Um, but he's got about 15 starts left in him. Let's say 15 to 17 or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's including the playoffs. So, like, if you played it all the way through, he'd run out in August. But, like, so I figure around the All-Star break, maybe they do something where um, I don't I don't know if they'd move him to the bullpen. I don't know if you could sit a guy for a month and still have him be active. Um, I mean, not on the roster, but just in terms of keeping his arm going. Like, he'd, you know throw bullpens down then I, I really don't know there's there's no real ideal way to do this they'll figure something out but I think that's what they have to do sometime in July or August is basically just sit him down maybe it's a couple of different stretches where he takes but it's probably like a month that he's not going to pitch then to be sort of ready to still have some bullets left in the tank for October maybe it's a month to six weeks I don't know but that's sort of what they're looking at but yeah it's 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 not something they're going to mess with so I think um, it's just it's just going to happen. Like, the, hopefully, it'll the Dodgers will have enough starters to sort of, um, you know, withstand that because he's he's literally their one of their best starters right now. So you have to have him in there. Um, but uh, you know, they they're they're not going to push it. Let's go to the other half of the box score. Uh, Matthew wants to know who finishes with a better season for the Dodgers. Max Muncy or Matt Kemp? <laughs> so, like, just think about that question for a second. Like, if we were... Every single talking... year, we have a question that comes to us in January where we look like the biggest idiots. Right. We've had oh, yeah. the Puig question, we've had the Bellinger question, and now we've had this Matt Kemp nonstop question. January 15th, I believe I said, yeah. <laughs> be, be gone by. <laughs> I didn't say what year. Oh, no, That's I did. That's true. Okay. <laughs> um, but, no... Uh, so, well, and plus, let's like if someone asked us in February about Max Muncy, <laughs> first we'd be like, who? <laughs> and so, no, but he's he's been great. Like they're both they're both slugging over five hundred. Um, like they're right now, as we we talked, this sort of goes into a question last week or maybe it was two weeks ago. Who's going to lead the Dodgers in home runs? Like four guys are tied with nine right now. It's Grandal who started great. Bellinger hit one tonight, although he's been slumping badly. Um, and then Matt Camp and Max Muncie have nine. They, all those guys have nine. So uh, it's been kind of crazy. Uh, Muncie came up 
the middle of April. He filled in a little bit for Turner at third, shown some versatility. He's been playing first um, and moving Bellinger to center. And most nights he played third tonight, for uh, gave Turner a rest. Turner had a wrist thing, um, soreness, uh, so wrist he broke before, but I, th- I think he's supposed to be back in there tomorrow. Not, not a serious thing. But yeah, Muncy's been great. Um, the bigger surprise, I think, between the two, just because nobody expected anything from Muncy. But I think with Kemp, look, he, he's always been able to hit. I, th- I think Matt's the bigger hit. I think he's right. the bigger surprise. Because, like, a guy like Max Muncy coming up and, like, having this sort of weird hot streak yeah, uh, doesn't shock me as much. But, like, yeah. and perhaps it's just just a notoriety, you know, sort of flaw on my behalf. But just, like, we were convinced Matt Kemp wasn't going to do anything. Yeah, and then like he, because even like he was, he was an averageish hitter the last three years, but like he gave it all back on defense. And then this year he's been like, like adequate you know, on defense, not great, but like not terrible. Like so, uh, and he's been great at the plate. Like he's he's not been just an average hitter. He's been like one of the best hitters in the National League. And so it has like Kemp is a having the better season, but also I would even give him biggest surprise because like Muncie still we're talking about what a month and a half. About, this is it's, I don't I don't want to bring up Luis Cruz again, but like <laughs> like the, the, he could be gone in like a month, you know, relatively. So like I want to see him put it put up a little more till I sort of buy in to Max Muncie regular, but like he's certainly earned what he's doing. Uh, and earning the playing time right now, so he's been great too. But Matt Camp, bigger best season and bigger surprise, uh, or like just in terms of the scope of everything. I'm going to call this the Chris Taylor question, and it's similar to what I had asked about Ross Stripling. What do you attribute the success Matt Kemp is having? Is it again? Is it just a hot streak? Is there something quantitative or tangible that we can attribute to just how well he's hitting? Well, so yeah, I don't know. Like because like probably... I, I, if he had like the home run numbers, that doesn't surprise me. But right. like some empty power and a little, you know, a little bit of slugging. But like he's hitting the like consistently. I think like just health and like just being in better shape is part of it. Although, like I was reading up last year's stuff, he showed in the camp um, like dropping weight too. Although he, it wasn't as as lo- as big of a uh, difference as this year. Like last year, he came into camp. They said, "Oh, he lost fifteen pounds. He looks great." Uh, and he started off hot last year too. Over two months, and then he got hamstring injuries, and he kind of then he just. Uh, gained weight over the rest of the season. He just wasn't really good. That could certainly happen again. Although this year, like like I said, the defense has been good. Um, and so, or just like average-ish. So, like, it's not it's not that he's got a long way to fall before he's not good, right? right. So, like, I, I just think maybe it's motivation, like playing for a winning team. He's back in L.A., something to prove that kind of thing. The Dodgers are also using him judiciously. Like, he doesn't finish a lot of games defensively. Um, they've been resting him quite a bit, and so um, he's still playing regularly. But it's just like maybe they're just sort of, um, you know, using him the right way at this point. I guess that's probably part of it. But like, um, yeah, I, as long as he can stay like healthy, I think he's going to be productive. You know, maybe not best in the, one of the best in the National League productive, but certainly worth um, worth starting. Well, following up with another Matt quote. Uh, Matt Kemp question is the knock real estate blog. Sure. Hi, Eric Jacob. What is the chance of another Matt Kemp season with the Dodgers, even if it's a minor role? Like, I, I, I at first I didn't know what to do with this question. It was it seemed kind of weird. 
But like, you know, look, he's under contract for another year, but like what can happen between now and the end of the season? We don't know. Um, if he's, if he's like, doesn't have like a huge decline, I would imagine they probably want to keep him around. I don't know. But then like, if let's say he, he's just sort of mad at the end of the year, they probably still, and depending on, it really depends on what they're going to do in the off season too. We talked about this, the big free agent market, they might make some moves. And if it's like, if you bring in an outfielder, like do you, um, is Matt Kent more expendable? If he has like a decent year, is he with one year left on his deal? Is he more tradable? That kind of a thing. So there's a lot of variables that go into it. I think he's like, man, it, it, look as, at the risk of being wrong again. Like I would bet now that, that, that he's lasted this long. I think he's, it's more likely he's going to be back next year than he's not, but that's a, this could change very quickly. And like, there's a long time between now and then, but just so if I had to lean one way or the other, I'd say, probably met camp 2019 dodger but MVP. exactly well national league mvp yeah. sure elliot wants to know will we see andrew tolls and uh see any significant playing time this season significant is a hard question but <laughs> he, he will he'll probably play uh be up at some point but the news just wanted to answer this is because he's playing tonight um and it's his first game since april 13th he missed 46 games with a um, hamstring injury in his right hamstring. Um, he, it was like seven and a half weeks, so he was out for a long time. He's back, so that's sort of the news there. And it's just a matter of now of you know letting him sort of get back into the swing of things and then making himself an option again. Ooh, excuse me. I'm moving to the infield, um, Mr. Blue wants to know why hasn't Logan lost starting job? <laughs> why not give Kike a shot there? Yeah, so just overall, you look at Logan Forsyth, he's hitting uh, 220, 269, 310. That's bad. That's, that's his overall numbers. There's no getting around it. It's bad. Well, the reason he's playing, A, they they like his defense. And that's that's probably that's right. I know he's had some a couple bad games, including one at third earlier in the season. But, like, just generally his defense is good. Uh, you know, Kiki might be better. He's a really good shortstop, really good center fielder. So I don't want to – I'm not – the, the argument, like, if you want to say Kike should play more, that's that's fine. But, like, I just think they like his defense. That's why he's playing. Um, since since returning from the DL on May 15th, he's been a little better. 259, 305, 333, not great. His power, he he's just not the hitter he was those last two years with the Rays when he, I think he had, like, 37 home runs and 57 doubles in two years. And, like, he's just then the power has not been there since coming to the Dodgers. I want to, if you want to cherry pick endpoints, which yes, we do. Um, since May 19th, he started over nine um, after coming off the DL. So if you take that out, he's actually at um, 311, 360, 400 oh, um, since May 19th. So that's about uh, a little over two weeks. So, you know, not the best, but also pretty good. So, you know, they're going to give him some rope, um, you know, Kike's strength, he's obviously going to play against lefties. That's Forsyth's relative strength, too. So that's a that's a tough sell, especially with other places you could put Kike. But um, I just, he, I, if, look, I'm not going to argue if you want to say Forsyth should be benched, but they've been extraordinarily patient with him. I will say this, they were extraordinarily patient with Jock Peterson, too. And, like, finally they're seeing a little bit of results from that. Um He's he hit a home run again tonight. He has like three in his last three games. He only had one before that, although he was sort of 
they generally like his approach. He's like cutting down on the strikeouts a little bit, and just it was weird seeing where the where the power is going. He hit some doubles, but uh, right now he's Peterson sitting two sixty one, three forty, four fifty eight. That's fine. Like you know, so they've been extraordinarily patient with him, and I think it's they're starting to see the fruits of that. They're probably going to give Forsyth a lot of rope to sort of figure out if he could turn around too. But um, once you get other guys back, like Utley's on the DL, he was slumping too. Um, maybe if uh, you know the aforementioned tolls or or something, maybe um, if Bellinger starts to hit again, they can go like a Max Muncy um, and either Kike or Forsyth platoon at second opens up a shot, uh, some more playing time in center field for either Peterson or Alex Verdugo or Tolls. Uh, if you want to do that, that's something. But, yeah, I just think Forsyth is going to get a lot of run before they sort of pull the plug. Last question. Roscoe wants to know, what's going on with Yaisel Sierra? Yeah, so um, he has not pitched this year. Um, Dodgers are very cagey about um, his um, – like, he's injured. I don't – they won't really – so I haven't been able to get a straight answer at what it is, but it's obviously something like Edwin Rios was in an extended spring training for a while. I think he had an oblique things, or maybe it was Matt Beatty. I'm both of those guys uh, just joined OKC like a week and a half ago, and both guys started at um, extended spring training for for a while. They were injured. It was hard getting info what exactly was hurt, but they're finally playing. Um, Sierra, as we know, is uh, it has not played, but I, I asked and. What I got from the Dodgers was uh, or was throwing well in Arizona currently, building up, and hope to have him up soon. And up um, from that standpoint, it's got to be AAA because he's not on the 40-man. And we talked about this before, but he's a guy who, who has a $5 million average annual value. So if they call him up, his, the prorated share, that would count against the luxury tax. So don't expect to see him in the majors this year, maybe later in the year if he's really lights out and they need bullpen help. But uh Probably going to be pitching in AAA relatively soon, but don't know what the injury is, but that's where he's at. That's that's the update I have for him. Okay, that's all the questions, but we're mm-hmm. not done yet. Oh, yeah. I have a pack of baseball cards. So you've been guessing, doing the guessing game the last two weeks. You've been terrible at it. So terrible. We're, we're switching it up. What I'm going to do, this is a pack of 1991 Don Russ baseball cards. Series 91. 2, if you were wondering. Uh-huh. Uh, and what we're going to do, so the whole this whole opening a pack of baseball cards is inspired from one of my favorite podcasts, which is related to the the game Magic: The Gathering, it's called Limited Resources. They uh, they open a patch of Magic cards and they pick pick a card on w- what they would start building a deck with. Uh, so we're gonna oh. do the same. We're, you're gonna tell me what player, based on his his 1991 season, you or would start season. start a 1991 baseball team with. And I've okay. got the 1991 war list. Uh, the Fangraphs war list up now. So I will now, tell you if you were right. Wait or a not. minute, just okay. So if we're dealing with ninety-one Donruss, though, that's based on the nineteen ninety stats, right? I sure, but this is they are going into the ninety-one series. I got you. Right? Okay. I am basing it off of the ninety-one. What if they I remember were about correctly, to perform. So ninety-one Donruss, I believe that has a blue border with some black in there. Is that right? Uh, the card itself. Yeah. Uh, it is a green border. Green border. All right. Okay. I think, yeah, I, I may mix it up with like uh, 89 or something. Okay. Get, get this all-star thing out of here. I'm making sure there's no other weird cards. All right. I don't, I'm going to, I might have to look deep into the, the war rankings <laughs> to find, <laughs> to find someone, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe not. 
so you're 15 players to pick from. Dave Steeb, am I saying that right? Steve? Yeah, Dave Steeb. Steeb. Great. He was great. Uh, Ron Kettle. Kittle, excuse me. Ron Kittle, 82 rookie of the year. Uh-huh. Uh, Monty Ferris. Nope. <laughs> Chuck Krem. Oh, okay. I'll get to him in a second. Uh, oh, no, he didn't. Chuck Krem. Oh, okay. So this is funny on two reasons. One, I mixed him up with Chuck Carr, Chuck E. Carr, uh, who was a fast base runner who had the great line at some point in the 90s. Uh, he, he once told an umpire, if you're blinded by the speed, don't make the call. <laughs> which is one of the great baseball quotes of all time. But Chuck Krim is a pitcher who was the Dodgers bullpen coach who uh, sort of an inside true blue LA joke. One of our interns a couple years back, like, man, this is like 2013. Uh, he wrote something to the effect of like, uh, what, like the blaming the Dodgers slump on Chuck Krim, who was the bullpen coach, which is ridiculous. Like, but it's just kind of funny. So like, it's sort of a running thing now, like, uh, if if something's going wrong, every once in a while, someone in the comments will say blame Chuck Krim. So that's pretty funny. Um, so Gerald Young. Okay. Uh, did those go already? Don Robinson. Man, classic. He had a perm, I believe. He did. Yeah. Ron Darling. Okay, classic Hawaii. Dennis Cook. Wait, was it? Uh, is he on the Dodgers in this card? He is. Yeah. All right. Uh, Eric Hansen. Mariner? Uh, he was a Mariner, yes, yeah, at the time. Okay. Travis Fryman. Uh, yeah, third baseman, Tigers. Uh, Jesse Barfield. One of the great throwing arms ever. Your old friend is back, Jose Vizcaino. Oh, man, to taunt me. Marvin Freeman. Okay, original Rocky, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And lastly, Ernest Riles. Okay, some in some cards he was Ernie Riles. He is Ernest is, in this. I like it. So who's your ta- who are you taking? Okay, so I only am I, I only get to take one of that group. You only you have to who yeah who's your who are you drafting? See, it's, a, it's appropriate. Now, oh, okay, I so this I, is... I believe I have found the war leader of this pack. Okay, so uh, Ron Darling at this point still a Met or was he on the A's? Uh, he was a Met in this. Let me confirm that real quick. Okay, well, this is a weird thing because I'm going off like I pro- there's probably a pretty dumb, easy answer that I'm just forgetting. I, but for me, Dave Steve was like the great, the best like pitcher, uh, pitcher of the '80s, or like he has an argument for that. Um, so, but I don't know. He he had a pretty good decline, <laughs> like a pretty swift decline. Yeah, I don't know if it happened in more numbers for '91. So I think. If, of that group, I think I would go. I think I would go Dave Steeb. Dave Steeb had a point eight. Oh, that's not good. If you had been one season earlier, he had a four point three. Yeah. You... See, like, so yeah, he he just hit the click in the roller coaster too too early for my purposes. Um, I I would, yeah. I th- is it Darling then, or or is it? Am I just missing? So someone I'm going to look really up Ron good. Darling's numbers, and then I'm going to tell you because I don't, I don't think it is Ron Darling, but I do yeah. wanna, do want to let you know how wrong you are. That's an important. It's part of my job description. That's what they pay me the big bucks for. I I hope it's not Eric Hansen. Uh, uh, 91. He, uh, between three teams, Ron Darling had a 1.5, but it is in fact Eric Hansen. Damn it. With uh three, <laughs> he was the 80th ranked player. Uh, both pitchers and hitters. 
uh, and war in that year with 3.5. He had a five war year in 90 and a four five in 93. What the hell was going on? <laughs> That's crazy. There you go. Your boy. Your, but, new, your new boy. Oh, and then 92, he, he was 8 and 17. So <laughs> what a weird. I will tell you this. This is, around, this, this is accurate for me because right around. So my first fantasy baseball year, we did it on our own. And there were only like, I think, four or five of us. I can't remember if we let a guy in later or not. So I can't remember if it was four or five. But it was the 90, 92 baseball season. It was based off 91 stats. And like, I think I had every possible guy who was really good who just completely sucked in 92. <laughs> like um, like Bip Roberts was my best player, which should tell you how bad it was. Yep. Like I had Will Clark was like great for like his first six seasons, and then he decided to have a bad year. Okay, I'll tell you this. We didn't know much about sabermetrics back in the day. The point system was like rudimentary. I think it was like uh, – I can also I kept it in this in, – I kept stats manually using the paper – and it was like negative one for an at bat and then four points for a hit. So like if you go one for four, it's at zero. But then like home runs, runs in RBIs, and I think steals point system. And like uh, Howard Johnson was like a 30-30 machine forever. And then he just was nothing. I think Matt Williams just completely tanked. Like it was every it was so bad. But like Bip Roberts was like my best player that year. And I think Paul Molitor. There, there was something like, um, you know, friends of mine. They had like Frank Thomas and Barry Bonds and like guys who were actually producing. And then uh, I just remember uh, all these guys had these. It, it, this is a huge deal back in there. They had a hundred RBI guys or hundred run guys or whatever. I had nobody on my team with either ninety runs or ninety RBIs. So like it was bad. It was a very bad year, and I was terrible. And uh, it it started a long run of me t- being terrible in fantasy baseball. Well, that's the show, Eric. I like it. I'm so, excited and, for next uh, week's. Yeah, we're we're gonna have David on, and then if there's time at the end, I'm gonna turn the tables on you and ask you some. Uh, we're gonna do a baseball card related game. If I get a single thing right, I'll be I will be very happy with it's, myself. It, it's gonna be good. It, there's gonna it's gonna be more modern ish. So you're not going to be in the dark. Sure. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do like 83 tops on you or something and be like, "Oh no, what?" Yeah, yeah even in the modern yeah. era, my memory, my my sports memory starts a lot later than I think some other people. But I'm excited. I'm excited to be challenged. There will be no Manny Trio questions next week. But okay, uh, thanks, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will uh, talk to you next week.